has it as good as you do. And you're going to throw it all away, Matthew? I love it. Another clip from The Chosen uh, where Jesus asked the Jewish tax collector, Matthew, to come follow him. And the scripture confirms um, that Matthew didn't ask a single question. He just got up, left his comfortable life, and he, and he went. Um, I love Jesus' reply to, to Peter right there. Get used to different. Right? Because that's, that's what following Jesus is all about. Uh, we, we never know what life um, is going to throw at us. We don't know where it's going to take us. Um, we don't know what, what shape our life is going to take once we submit our life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But we do know that making a decision to follow Him changes everything, really. Uh, so we started a new series last week called Cast. And in this series, um, we're going to try to figure out uh, where God is calling us to and our, our role in the vision of God and, and what it looks like uh, as we follow God, who just simply ask us to take the first step, um, to walk in the direction that He is leading us, uh, and then He will fill in the details of the journey as we go along. So before we uh, dive into this, let's, let's have a word of prayer. Gracious and loving God, we come to you today in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And we come to give you thanks and, and just celebrate your amazing grace that saves us, that, that changes our lives and brings us into your kingdom. We need that amazing grace every single day. And perhaps we need it more than ever because we live in a fast-paced world and every day has its challenges and we don't know um, what that's going to bring. But we do know that your grace is always sufficient and we rejoice in that. By the power of your Holy Spirit, we can do things that we never thought possible. And so today, we give you thanks, and we just glorify your matchless name. Lord, when we think about the chaos and the destruction, the turmoil around the world, our hearts are, are broken and our minds are troubled. And so we pray that your, your presence enters into every situation and that your grace transforms every heart and every mind of those who are plotting and planning and scheming to kill, steal, and destroy. We pray for all the men and women in positions of leadership, whether that be in, in our government or in the corporate world or even in your church, Jesus. Just give them divine wisdom and holy boldness as they make decisions on behalf of others. God, we pray for, for Jared and, and the youth volunteers and, and the youth that are taking the message of salvation to Mission Arlington this week. Uh, may, may your spirit go before them so that the message may be well received. And as they share your love, may they encounter it as they never have before. We pray for your church universal this morning. We're grateful to be called your people and we ask that, that you empower us to do what needs to be done when you want it done. Be with Cabot Church of Christ. Give them courage to do what you've called them to do. And God, we pray for, for our church and the needs that we have right here among us today. And you know each one of us, God. You look into our hearts and our minds and, and you know where we stand before you. And so... Just humbly, we ask for your vision to be impressed upon our souls so that we are clear of our direction and our purpose. As we take steps of faith, God, just be a cloud by day, a fire by night, so that we won't veer off to the left or the right. We trust that you not only hear our prayers too, God, but, but we also trust that you will answer them as well. And now, God, hear us collectively as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples when he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. So last week was Pentecost Sunday, and, and we learned that the, the Holy Spirit is available to everyone who believes in Jesus and wants to experience his resurrection power. Uh, we learned that it's the, the Spirit that, that leads us and commands us, we, um, guides us on our journey as we go through life. And if we want to know what our God-given purpose is, if we want to know where we're going as followers of Jesus, and if we want a future vision of God's church, we have to rely on the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we're just we're confused of purpose and ineffective for the cause of Christ. We can't accomplish anything for the kingdom apart from the Spirit, no matter how hard we try or how well we plan. We talked about that last week. If the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit that gives us the ability uh, to witness to the world. And that's what we want to do. It's what we've been created for. But oftentimes, it's hard to distinguish God's voice and, and His calling in the midst of the grind of everyday life. We just get so busy with worldly stuff, uh, we're distracted from, from godly stuff. And, and this is where the Holy Spirit really makes an impact on our life, if we let Him. You see, the, the Spirit is what guides the follower of Christ. And so uh, we have to assume if the Spirit is guiding us, the Spirit knows where He's taking us. We may not know, uh, but we trust that He does. And th through all of our experiences, good and bad, uh, through our conversations and our encounters in life, the Spirit is revealing spiritual truths that lead us in a particular direction. And, and that direction is the vision that God has for you. It is uniquely yours. And, and this, this pathway, this direction, it comes through different types of, of prophecies and visions and dreams. And sometimes we over-spiritualize those. And we think that's got to be for you know, people in the Old Testament to have all of these things. But, that, but really that's how wisdom and truth and knowledge gets revealed to us. And this is so important for the follower of Jesus because this is what sets the trajectory of your life. This is what leads you to discovering your God-given purpose. So I want to share with you uh, what the Bible says about vision. We had a scripture last week. This week, um, I'm throwing this one out at you. This is Proverbs 29, 18. And it says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. So that's the New International Version. Um, and it's basically saying, listen, if you're not listening to God and following God, then anything goes. It doesn't matter, right? No, God's not leading you, so just do whatever. But here, listen to the King James Version. I like it a little better in this translation here. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. You may be familiar with that, with that one. Where there is no vision, the people perish. The Hebrew word that we've translated um, as vision, uh, the, the word is chazon. Chazon. And Pastor Craig Groeschel at Life Church TV has developed an entire book study on this one single concept. And the idea really is to discover what God's vision is for your life. And it's important to discover this because most of the time we have our own vision. Really just based on um, people speaking into our life as we grew up, 
right, and what the American dream is supposed to look like. And that's kind of what shapes that particular um, vision. But we need to discover what God's vision is for our life. So I came across a survey the other day uh, conducted by the search engine Yahoo. So take it with a grain of salt. Um, but <clears throat> it's a, a Yahoo's a pretty big search engine. They, they can reach a lot of people. And they did a survey, just random Americans. Um, and it was about winning the, the lottery, in particular the Powerball. So not just you know $5,000 scratch off. This is the Powerball they're talking about. And so the question was pretty simple. You've thought about this. I know you have. And so some of these answers may kind of hit close to home. Um, so here they are, top five answers of what you do if you uh, won the lottery. So, uh, pay off debt, give to family and friends, invest it, save it, give to charity. Those are all very solid, well-thought-out, level-headed decisions, right? Interestingly enough, this is not what people do when they win the lottery. We've done the research. <laughs> they have showed us. This is what you and I would say we would do before millions of dollars are placed in our hands. Because at that point, all bets are off. So, I mean, there are some success stories out there for sure. Uh, but there is example after example of winners losing their mind and, and buying mansions that they don't need, uh, building personal theme parks that they never use, um, just traveling extensively to exotic locations all around the world, um, not just once a year, but back to back to back. That's their lifestyle from here on out, right? Um, or just gambling it all away in Vegas. And I believe the reason they do this is because they have no vision for their life, no chazon, right? No real purpose, the things that we see people do time and time again, whether they've just won the lottery or not, is, is not indicative of people who know what God created them for. I mean, do you really think that, that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on a cross so that you and I could live a dream of going on vacation? Do you really think that that's what God had planned for his people on, on planet earth? You know, that, that we would just live a, a self-centered, consumeristic dream for our lives? Absolutely not. Where, where there is no zone, no vision, people just stumble through life, making it up as they go. And I don't want that to happen to you. I don't want it to happen to me. I don't want it to happen to us as a body of believers. In fact, if you look at all of the greats in the Bible, if you look at Moses, if you look at David, if you look at Esther, if you look at Paul, if you look at Nehemiah, over and over and over again, you will see people who had a vision from God. And all of them experienced really four different phases or distinct ways of discovering God's vision for their life. They discovered God's reason for their existence through a process that still holds true today process. In an effort to, to kind of show you this process, uh, I'm going to throw something out there at you, uh, an example from the Apostle Paul's life. And at this time, uh, Paul was ministering in Ephesus. Now, this was a place where he had planted a church, and, and he was crazy about this place. I mean, he loved these people. He, he loved the ministry. But God started to stir within him, much like God has been stirring in me and hopefully will stir in many of you. Paul realized that God was calling him out of that place, really, to something different, something bigger. It wasn't 
he wasn't just supposed to be a, a local pastor anymore at a single church. This was something new. And so he gathered the elders of the church together. And these were people that he had worked with and he had kind of spiritually bled with all along the ways they built this church. And he, and he came in and, and he said, well, I'm sure with tremendous sorrow that it, it, guys, it breaks my heart. But God is calling me to something else. You know, I'm supposed to go. I've got to move on. So God's vision for Paul's life was bigger than Paul had first suspected. This process was unfolding. God was revealing things to him. And for some of you, God is going to do the same thing. That God is going to show you something bigger, something different, something better. And what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to say goodbye to where you are. Maybe spiritually, maybe physically, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you, you're going to have to leave your comfort zone and take a step in, into a place that is not totally known in order to go where God wants you to go. And so here's what Paul says to the elders in Acts 20, beginning with verse 22. He says, and now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in... Every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. So I want to use these three verses right here to show you these, these four phases of kazon, of, of vision. And the first one is the Spirit's prompting. The Spirit's prompting. So verse 22, the beginning of the verse, <clears throat> Paul says, um, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. In other words, this wasn't my idea, right? The, the Holy Spirit is leading me. I'm compelled by the Spirit to go do this. So there, there was a very uh, distinct point in my life, not so long ago, when I was compelled by the Spirit to get out of a situation that I was in and be a part of a, a new church plant. The pieces of the puzzle had been falling into place for years and all of a sudden the spirit said, it's time. It's time. And I didn't care about my status or my standing or my reputation. I didn't care about anything. I just wanted to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And I was excited about the possibility of doing something new and the opportunity to present the truth of the gospel without backlash from my peers. I was excited about the challenge of reaching new people so they could find new life in Christ. And there was something in me that said, I've got to do this. You know, if not me, then who? If not now, then when? And some of you, listen to me, some of you in your past, you have felt that stirring. There was something in you that said, I was created for this. I mean, it bothers me in such a way that, that I, I just can't, I can't Stay away anymore. I've got to go do this. I've got to move when God's calling me to move. You know, I'm willing to, to leave what I love and that which is comfortable to me because I am wrapped up or I'm, I'm bound by the cord of the Holy Spirit. I'm compelled by the Spirit of God to do this. The women and the men of the Bible that did great things on behalf of God, they, they were all prompted by the Spirit. But in that prompting, there was also an uncertainty. And so that's the second phase or move there. Certain uncertainty. The Spirit speaks 
and you go, now what? You know, I think I heard from God. I just don't know what to do next. Here's what Paul says, second part of that verse 22. I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. Not knowing what will happen to me. In other words, I know I'm supposed to do this, but that's all I really know. I'm not really sure what's going to happen to me next. And some of you will experience this at different points in your life. You may say, I believe God's calling me to, to marry this person, you know, but, but uh, what if they turn out to be a psycho, right? And we've all seen that movie. You, you've seen it, right? It, it happens, you know? So we, we're like, I think I'm supposed to marry this, this person, but God, I need some assurance. I need some details. You got to reveal to me and tell me specifically, is this one type deal? We, we want to know for sure. God's calling me to leave a secure job and start a new business, but oh man, I need some details, God. I need some reassurance. God's telling me to take a step of faith and start a new ministry. But God, I, I don't know what I'm getting into here, God. And in those situations, I believe God will often say, I'm not going to give you the details. I'm not sure you're ready for the details. And, and if I gave you the details, you might not accept this assignment. In the midst of starting this new church, we don't, we don't have all the details. And, and for some of you, you can't stand that. It's hard. It's hard for me too. But I'm telling you right now, if I knew all that ministry was going to cost me in the form of uh, emotionally and mentally and relationally, I probably would have said, God, you got to pick somebody else. I'm not doing this because I'm comfortable. 20 years ago, I was comfortable. But God says, listen, I'm calling you to this. But you can't handle the details right now. You just have to trust me and take a step into this uncertain situation and walk by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And we want guarantees, but God says the only guarantee I'm going to give you is that I'm walking with you. I'm right there with you. Many of you have a vision uh, that God has laid on your heart, but, but you haven't taken that first step. But you won't be able to step, see step five, really? Um, until you take step one and two and three and four. And so you just got to take that first step of obedience and see what God's going to reveal next in your life. And so spirit prompting one, certain uncertainty two. The third phase of discovering your vision for your life is predictable resistance. As you step out in faith and mark this on the calendar, your spiritual enemy is going to come to take you out or do something to interrupt it. It's going to be a stumbling block to throw you off course. Verse 23, Paul says, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that blessings and pleasure are to come. Oh, what? That's a, messed that up, didn't I? He doesn't say that at all. He says, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. In other words, there is going to be an enemy that's going to try to stop me from doing what God has uniquely called me to do and created me to do. You can see it in every great story in the Bible. Moses said, we got we to set our people free. We got to get them out of here. And there was Pharaoh. Predictable resistance. Joseph said, I've got a great 
vision that I'm going to be an awesome leader. Not someday in the future, like right now. He revealed that to his brothers. And, he said, and the brother said, you're young, you're arrogant, you're going in this hole, and we're going to sell you into slavery. Vision, resistance. Nehemiah said, I've got to build this wall around Jerusalem. I've got to get it done. It's consuming me. But there was Sambalot and Tobiah. And they were standing there saying, we're not going to let you do this. It's predictable resistance. And I promise you, when you hear from God and you take that first step of faith, all you know what is going to break loose, literally. You, you get a vision to, to have a, a godly marriage, and so you're like to your spouse, okay, we're going to start, we're going to start praying together. Every day we're going to, we're going to pray together. And, and then your spouse doesn't like the way you pray. Or, or you feel awkward praying and so you quit. Why? Because you took a step in the right direction. You were met with resistance. You want to get financially free so that you can, you can be a generous person and you can support your local church and you can give to ministries that you're passionate about. So you take a step in that direction to get financially free. Get out of debt. Something expensive in your life is going to break before Friday. That's just the way it happens. You get a vision to, to get in shape. You want to get healthy because your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so you go to the grocery store and you're going to buy fruits and vegetables and you walk in and there it is. It is a stand of Twinkies and they're 75% off. That is, that's just the way it happens. There aren't many things in life that you can count on in this world, but you can count on predictable resistance. And when you are met with it, you just have to push through it. Otherwise, the thing that God called you to do, that only you can do, it will go undone. So there's the spirit prompting certain uncertainty, predictable resistance. And then the last one, number four, is uncommon clarity. And guys, listen, this is where God wants us to live. This is where we're supposed to, to hang out. And this is found in, in verse 24 there. Paul says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. In other words, he's like, look, you can kill me. I don't care. You know, if I can't do this, if I can't do what God has called me to do, then nothing else really matters. That's how passionate Paul is about his calling. He says, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task. In other words, I can, I can see it. I've had the vision. This is why I exist. This is my drop everything and go do it moment. This is my kazone. This is my dream. This is my revelation. This is the vision. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. This is why I pray to God that if you haven't experienced the power of his vision in your life, that you will. Because when you have the clarity of, of this is what I was created to do, nothing can stop you. You can blow through obstacles. You can endure pain. You can overcome temptation. You wake up every day with a focus and a passion and a divine drive because you know why you're here. You're not an accident. You've been put here by God to do something. And I don't know listen anything about your dreams or your visions but I I do know that if it's not directly related related to the kingdom of God here on earth it's going to turn out to be a nightmare because you were created by God for God 
And when you take a step of faith, led by the Holy Spirit, one day you're going to say, I am doing a great work. This is what I was created to do. You can't talk me out of it. You can't buy me off. There is nothing that is going to stop me from living my kazon. Because listen, everybody ends up somewhere. But very few people end up somewhere on purpose. And if you're following the Holy Spirit, you're going to end up exactly where God wants you to be. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for creating us with a purpose. But oftentimes, God, we, we have a hard time discovering what that is and really seeing it. And so our, our prayer, God, is that you would just help us to, to see it in a way that sparks energy in our hearts and our minds and makes passion just well up in us to where we just want to get up and go work for you every single day in whatever capacity that looks like, God. Whether that's a, a single parent trying to raise kids or a mom at home, a dad at home, somebody in an office building, whatever it, whatever it looks like, God. We, we know that you've put us there for a reason. You have a purpose for us. And it's all related to the kingdom of God. So use us however you see fit, God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.